The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Jackie Fernandez, Rev. Skip Jennings, and Faith Rivera. Jennings. <laughs> and we are so delighted you've joined us on Voices of Unity today or at some point in the future. We call you into this sacred circle now. Yes, and our our dear Faith is out with the family today and doing some family mom time, which is always um, a great opportunity when you can do that. Yeah, Rev? Yes, always. <laughs> always, you know, be able to support each other in making those choices. Yeah, it's a good yeah. thing. How you been doing this week? Great, great. You know, on the on the home front, on the church front, on the life front, uh, it's been a great week. Uh, oh. So delighted. I have to give a big shout out to my community, Unity Church of Overland Park. We welcomed our Associate Minister of Operations, Reverend Eileen Stulak, this week, and it's great fun already, and we're just getting started. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah. How, how is it having an associate in, in the house? Awesome, awesome. <laughs> It's amazing. And she is, you know, she uh, was most recently at Unity of Traverse City as the senior minister for eight years. And uh, and then she was at UCOP, right, where she is now as associate minister. So she's uh, a return, a return home uh, for so many people who were there when she was there before. And and then she, you know, went on a walkabout, right? <laughs> and, and did that thing and, and has come back and just brings a wealth of experience and uh, wisdom. And I mean, she's she's a rock star. So, Aww. so glad to, to be in a ministerial partnership with her. Good. Congratulations. Yay. I'm doing a happy dance for you right now, my chair. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> How about you? How's life for you? Oh, sis, reverend sister girl. Oh, <laughs> I, I want to I get some sleep. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> and, you know, I'm in the process of doing multiple things in multiple communities right now. And it's um, it's a great learning experience, but I also know that I'm I'm tired. I am perpetually tired and a little overwhelmed, but I am blessed. 
And I say that very mindfully, I'm blessed to be able to do what I love to do. And I'm blessed for these new opportunities that are coming up for me, possibilities. And if not this, then something better, which all you senior ministers are telling me, Skip, <laughs> it's this or something better. So mm-hmm. just keep moving through with that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at this week. That's a good place. Yeah. That is a good place. You know, it's a, I hear you describing that practice of being present to what is and, you know, and not getting swept away and in the overwhelm of it, but to really trust Step away. Absolutely. Um, on the other front of my other job that I do, I teach in a fitness club, and they just sent us a notification that all employees and all members will have to be vaccinated, and it's causing a little bit of energy for some um, some people in, in, in L.A. who works for the company. And so that's been a little overwhelming as well, being able to speak to both sides. I have friends who are not getting the vaccination, and they are going to lose their job. So yeah. that's been kind of overwhelming as well. And and I got to be honest with you, Rev, some days I, you know, I'm in the place of the totality of God in all this. And some mm-hmm. days I feel really separate from everything that's going on. Um, I'm just really being honest, like we do on the show. Some days I'm in it. Some days I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I resonate with that. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> I resonate with that. You know, and it just makes me think, yeah, I mean, just, you know, we've talked about pandemic fatigue and, you know, and it's, it's to me, not even as much about that anymore. It's like we were, we were in it long enough that it's not even about the fatigue of it. It's just, we're in the next lap of it, so to speak. And, and things keep changing and new, um, opportunities for discernment come forward, like what you're describing. Um, Also, it's been announced that by Halloween, there should be available a vaccine for ages five to 12, you know, which impacts my family because we have a five-year-old. And so then being in that, um, you know, yet another decision to make while we have longs for that opportunity for her to be able to be vaccinated, having it here, you know, it's just... It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to navigate. And, you know, just like everyone else, we want to make the best decision for ourselves, for our family and and for our communities. And uh, here we go again. So, you know, I know different people are different, you know, iterations of that um, of that process. And so I just I'm at a point personally, I'm, I'm curious for you where I just really want to comfort people. I just really whatever mode you are in, whatever state you are in, in terms of decisions being made around COVID, around the pandemic, around social distancing, mask wearing, what you're going to do or not do for your job requirements, just, if I could just send a hug out to everyone, you know, like at that point, I'm like, it's to me, it's not even anymore about the politics of it or the arguing of it or the debating of it. It's just like, come on, we've like, we are in it. We are, have been through it. We are still in it and going yeah, through yeah. it. And if we could just be a source of comfort to one another of like, yeah, man, this is hard. I, I agree 100%. Um, I'm in, and I want to say this for all listeners. I'm very mindful as I say this. Um, I go into prayer quite a bit. And I found myself going into prayer when I was talking to one of our members today after my yoga class, talking about how she was feeling. I was going into prayer again. And I was very kind of 
tired in, in the prayer, if, I could, if I'm making sense. I was feeling heavy in the prayer. I'm normally feeling lifted and uplifted because that's what prayer does. And I just mm-hmm. felt even fatigue in the prayer. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm in the place where I, I need not to pull back and not to care, but to take some downtime from, well, there is no downtime. As I'm saying this, I'm going, there is no da- <laughs> downtime as a minister. But Rev, if you could help me out, what can I do to not feel so heavy in, in the prayer? Because that's the work we do. We pray, we meditate, yeah. um, but I'm still feeling the weight. I feel the weight on my back. Yeah. You know, I'm... I'm of the mindset that we can bring whatever it is we are to prayer. Mm-hmm. And and in the prayer, that's the work of unpacking of um, enlightenment, right? Lightening your load. Lights. You I know, love so, that. Yeah. So often we think that, you know, when we want to enter a space of prayer meditation, we bring to it our relaxed state of mind and all that, you know, <laughs> And I, I'm like, you know, I mean, that prayer has its place and time, but but there are, you know, we got to bring out the Bible already. Look, we're not even 15 minutes I into know, the right? show. But I love it. You know, I think of Hannah, one of my favorite Bible stories in Second Samuel of Hannah, who wants a child. She wants to bear a child. And she is on her face in the temple crying and praying in such a distraught way. The priest thinks she's drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, and and as the story is written, she prayed and then she went her way and ate something. Wow. So her prayer was not a peaceful experience. It was not a light experience like what you're asking for, like feeling one way or another in a prayer. Her prayer was she was so distraught in that that the priest was trying to kick her out because mm-hmm. woman, you must be drunk. Get out of here. You're embarrassing us, you know. She got it all out, and then she went her way and ate something, and she went her way and, and nourished and nurtured her body. And to me, there is like there is a, an activation of faith in that, yeah. that it is done, it is well, whatever comes forward from this moment, it's time for me to have a bite to eat. Yeah, and that reminds me of, of the, you know, Jesus at the cross. Yeah. Or right before, right before the night before, he's like, Father, why have you forsaken me? I can, mm-hmm. I can only imagine how heavy, yeah. you know, the master teacher was feeling at that time, feeling forsaken by the father. Yeah, lay it at the altar. Bring but, it. Lay your burdens down, you know, and we want to focus but, on the what happens after we get lay it down. But, like, we got to haul that crap in mm-hmm. first in order to lay it down at the altar. So bring it in. And and it's for the noticing. Like, I, I love what you're describing, like noticing how you're feeling. You know, mm-hmm. so oftentimes you'll hear when I lead meditation, I just notice your thoughts. Like, don't, yes. don't change. notice your breathing. Don't change it. Right. Just notice it because that, that piece, that's the beginning of self-awareness. And if we can notice where we are, then we know how to direct our prayer. So notice that heaviness and let that inform your prayer work. And, and then when you, you know, we turn to that prayer treatment or those intentions that we're setting, or even the, the question that we're asking, then we become open to a, a change, a shift in perspective or way of being. But we've got to know where we are. So that that knowing of the heaviness, yeah, we want to we want all our prayers to result in it is done. And so it is, and let's move on to the next thing. You know, 
we're healed, we're peaceful, we're happy, yeah. let's get on with it, you know, and, and that's, you know, it's oftentimes that prayer experience is just the beginning of a process. Yeah, even in the prayer today, what you're speaking, just noticing, I even spoke a word, Lord, I'm heavy today, mm-hmm. but I'm going to pray anyway. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we we move through what we know to be the spiritual um, practice. Um, I remember, and we talked about this a couple months back when I went through a dark night of the soul, did not feel like praying, did not feel like meditating, but I did it anyway because I knew it was the answer to help the shift. Mm-hmm. Um, so giving myself permission to be right where I am. And we talk about that in yoga all the time. I was teaching that this morning in yoga, just be where you are, just be where you are. And now I get to have a living application of, of that teaching for myself. Be right where you are. Yeah. And we, and we all do. And it's, I, I don't think we can remind ourselves of it. You know, it's to me, it's, it's our nature. It's part of our nature that because I don't know, I mean, who knows, but perhaps because we have had an experience of, of, of the peace that arises in and through prayer, that practice maybe in anticipation of a clarity or a comfort that we come to prayer thinking that's how we need to arrive there. You know, but but to trust that perhaps today that's how we will leave the prayer experience. But however we arrive, it's a come as you are party, right? So come as you are party. Thank God and thank you, God. Thank you, God. That's your party. Yeah. I, I love that. And it's okay. Here's the big thing I'm gonna go back to it. I just said it, but I'm saying it. it's okay to feel what you're feeling at this time. Yeah. It's okay. And we and we get to stop demonizing ourselves and demonizing other people for feeling in the midst of something extraordinary. Mm-hmm. We've never gone through this in our lifetime. Right. And here we are. I remember listening and hearing about COVID at the end of December of 2019, moving to January. We're still talking about this almost two years later. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is extraordinary. This is something that we've never, ever seen in our lifetime. And it's impacting like the trickle down sort of from it. You know, when the hospital beds are filled with people experiencing COVID, it impacts people who are having a different experience who might require those beds. You know, right. it um, the impact on our healthcare professionals, you know, the impact, it just goes on and on. So it's, you know, it's like degrees from a ground zero of is the virus in your body to how just how it, it impacts our teachers, our educators, our educational systems, our students and decisions that are being made. Um, that truly impact the trajectory of the lives of individuals. It so it that to me was where a lot of the overwhelm comes from because it really created a shift on a massive scale for so many. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to put you just help me to do something because I I know that I'm I'm very consciously aware that I don't consistently pray for our frontline workers and the doctors and the nurses and the teachers. I that's I mean, it's in my consciousness, but I don't say the word of prayer all the time. I'm going to put that in my phone, 6 a.m. in the morning, pray for the frontliners, pray mm-hmm. for the nurses and the doctors and the teachers. I am committing to making it a practice to say a prayer for for, for, for the global community. It's in our consciousness and we bring it up and sometimes someone will say something, I'll remember to pray, but to have a consistent prayer practice about those who are out there that's being affected frontline, I believe it's a very important practice for myself to step into. 
I love it. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so much of what we're wanting to talk about today, um, to me, you know, comes around intention and how we move through any circumstance with intention, which, you know, a gift of new thought is is how we work with the power of thoughts and the power of the mind um, to create our reality, the world that we want to experience, the life that we want to experience. And I, I think it's a it's a great opportunity, especially when we are collectively in a space of overwhelm, to really revisit some of the basics of of what it means to, you know, hold an intention to to work with a thought idea and desire in t- order to bring it into manifestation in our lives. What do you think about that? Well, you know, um, as I'm writing my um, sermon about upgrading your belief system for um, <laughs> for CSL for Lardale, I'm actually pulling quotes about that. One of my favorite quotes is from Brother Wayne Dyer from um, The Power of Intention. He said this in many talks. You you will uh, see it when you be- you, know, you will see it when you believe it. Yes. And and another quote I'm using is Ernest Holmes. You know, it is done as you believe, which is a quote from the master teacher, Jesus the Christ. Mm-hmm. And everything that I believe, consciousness creates form. Form always follows consciousness. And in that space of uh, really understanding, what am I truly looking for? What am I looking for? Am I looking for the the, the list of those who have died? Or am I looking for the list of those who are healing? I'm not neglecting anyone who's going through this horrific experience of COVID. But in my own consciousness, what am I looking for? What am I focusing on? And I intentionally stayed away from the news because I was being triggered and and brought down into a cycle. So I believe that I big part of my work is to work with my consciousness, work with my thoughts. And in the midst of all this, and I love what Matthew Fox in The Coming of the Cosmic Christ says, that a mystic believes in the totality of God in all of this. So even when I see how many people have passed away, do I see that as something in the totality of God? Or am I seeing it as something very separate and something dark and something evil? I mean, I choose to, you know, to create what I what I what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, it's challenging because we don't want to um, devalue, right, right, the names. And and we know in truth, nothing is lost. The life is, death is not real. Life is real. Life is power. Death has no power. And and to someone who's grieving the loss um, and to someone whose exit came perhaps earlier or more suddenly than planned or desired, you know, not that we... I mean, some people, I suppose, plan for they make their exit plan, but it's um, it's a delicate matter to work with, um, and I, I so appreciate you you bringing that up because we like there are some days where I I just sort of am thinking about this experience and just reflecting on it, and what comes to mind is Exodus, like mm-hmm. like we're experiencing a mass Exodus. Of people mm-hmm. and and in a way it sort of empowers those souls who who have left and and it's hard to reconcile that from a very human level because it's like mm, no uh, they contracted a virus uh, you know as part of this pandemic experience and um, and either due to 
you know, compromised immune systems or, you know, or age or whatever um, complications experience physical death from it. And, and yet there's, um, to me, there's something empowering about stepping back and just reflecting on from, from that perspective of capital T truth, that nothing is lost. And, and there are, people who will say on any given day, like, just forget about the pandemic, go, you know, your soul chooses, your soul chooses when to come, your soul chooses your parents and your path, and your soul chooses when to leave this earthly plane, you know, and, and then it's so easy to forget sort of the, the romance of that, um, and, and possibly the truth of that, when it doesn't happen the way we think it ought to. But that is the reason why we have these reminders, because I want to tell you the truth here. I'm not always in the consciousness of I've chosen to be here or mm-hmm. I've chosen my path or I'm I'm fully responsible for this. But, but I do believe that everything has been orchestrated for me to wake up. Everything. Mm-hmm. This is what I believe. And this is my belief. I'm also talking about going from hope to belief to knowing. And that's part of, of, of what I'm talking about. And I believe the hope is that little drop of a seed that is planted and we hope that something will happen. And then the belief system is cultivated from our spiritual practices. So prayer, meditation, where I begin to believe that everything is orchestrated, everything's in God, I've chosen to be here. I didn't get there, bam, overnight. But after a while of cultivating these ideas, it has been embodied in me. I am living and moving and having my beingness in that consciousness. Um, And that has been a long journey to get to the knowing of all this. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm in the knowing, sometimes I'm in the belief, and sometimes I go back to the hope. So I can start again. And it's not really linear because sometimes I could be in the knowing and then, oh, wait a minute, I'm in victimhood. Let me go back to hope. It's, Uh it's, It's really, really um, interesting to see how this journey of life, this is not linear. No, it's no. not linear. No. I mean, like check, next, check, <laughs> next, check, next. Reality is like, check. Oh, here yeah. I'm again. Yeah. <laughs> check, so next. I gotta, oh, I'm back there again. <laughs> I have a question for you. And, and as um, Agape is not in person and right now, we're still doing online, doing very well. We, you know, the, the audiences are growing and you're, you are now in person back in. What is the biggest thing is I, I'm looking to, I'm back in yoga, but I'm also might be going where I am in two weeks in a person in a community. I haven't been in a church or a spiritual community in two years. So what would you tell me about going into a spiritual community live for the first time, which is going to happen in less than two weeks? <laughs> what would you tell yeah, me? You know, here's what I would tell you is find yeah. somewhere to go in person this Sunday. Oh. Find somewhere to go because it is a trip. That's it is figured. a trip to be amongst the people. <laughs> You know, okay. for the first time, you know, to have to be in. Now, I don't know. I mean, have you been out and about in the world in any kind of crowd? Oh, absolutely. I've been out and about. I have gone to um, a small gathering in San Diego. I also have been teaching yoga in the gym community. So I've been out and about. Um, okay. Uh, like, like what I, size groups are you talking? Like, like less well, than 50, more than 50? More than 100. More than 100. Okay. Yeah. That okay. Daunting. That's. That was daunting, though. Yeah, 
It is. And um, and also because when, you know, in a few weeks, because of the experience that you will be, you know, having and because you'll be speaking, it's it's um, managing that energy while you're speaking after, you know, and I'm just thinking back, we opened in June. And I so before that, I had been on Zoom. And then, you know, in May, we start April, actually, we started live streaming from our location from our sanctuary, but we didn't have very, only the people required to do the streaming were in the room. So I had a little bit of, um, lead up to it, but even still that, uh, just being, it's uh, indescribable. It's just, um, it's beautiful. It's uplifting. It's, um, satisfying in a deep way. Now I'm an extrovert. So let me presence that. So speaking from that perspective, um, I, you know, I gather energy from people and that's right. how, you know, I tell you info. So it was, you know, in that way, deeply satisfying. And, um, also, but the familiarity of spiritual community as being a gathering of people, I had missed that so deeply. Right. I missed it so deeply. So, I mean, I would say to you, find some place to go this Sunday and go there just to be in that energy, to feel right. it. And also to be on the full receiving piece of it where you're not having to then get up and, and do the talk. Right. And that that has been, I guess, part of the thing that I've been receiving about teaching yoga on Sunday. I went to a yoga class that had 35 people in there. Now, we were really over limit, but, you know, my yoga instructor was like, we're not turning anybody away. We're just going to make room. Um, I don't know if she got a little in trouble for that, but she just wouldn't turn anybody away. But it was a wonderful experience to look around the room, pretty big room, and see people just practicing together. It brought me to tears. Yeah. It brought me to tears. Yeah. It was beautiful to see that, although we're, like you're saying, we're still in it and we're mm-hmm. still in another phase of it, mm-hmm. but it felt like we were expanding out of the the the, the cave of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It, felt, it felt like, it felt like that. Yeah, you know, and we're masked. Um, yeah. So we have masks on, which is a good reminder. And then because of the way, our, you know, we have chairs, and so we're able to create some space um, that normally wouldn't be there with the chairs. So that, you know, there's still that aspect. We invite people to wear a red, green, or yellow sticker, and that indicates your comfort with contact. Oh, red means wow. no contact. Yellow means ask first. And green means um, go ahead and hug me. Um, you know, now, of course, we always want to encourage consent. But <laughs> but it's a way of, you know, communicating something without. And it also just gets it out there that this is not personal, that we're just all making these decisions, you know, to, to serve our greatest good and to yeah. be able to affirm that for each other. That's our break. Skip, oh we're goodness. already at our break. All right. So we'll take a break right. and, we'll, and we'll be right back with more. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Explore new thought philosophy and a lot more. Welcome back to Voices of Unity.
You're my life, you're my breath, you're a smile, you're my guest, you're the earth, you're the sun, you're the grass, you are love, you're my hands, you're a bug, you're my eyes, you're a hug, you're the light in the dark, you're the spark, you are fun, you're my mom, you are water, you're the stars, you're my daughter, you're my friend to the end, you're my dreams, you're my father, you're the ants on the ground, the miracles that surround, I'm feeling it all around, the hemisphere in the clouds, you're my pain, you're my sorrow, you're my hope for tomorrow, you're the strength when I'm hollow, you're the path that I follow, you're the blessings that exist, the small things that are bliss, the gift to realize that all that I am, all that I see, all that I've been, and all that I'll ever be is a blessing. It's so amazing, and I'm grateful for it all, for it all. Cause what I have is more than I deserve or could ever imagine How do I give back to all of this magic And spread the love so everybody can have it Doesn't matter if I'm rich or poor If I got a family or if I'm all alone Bad things happen, I can just complain and moan But there's a million things that I can be grateful for Awesome. <laughs> Talk about lightening the mood. Wow, yeah. that just brought it up. Oh, well, welcome back to Voices of Unity. And um, we want to talk about spiritual practices now. We want to get deep into what is the solution? What is the answer? What do we do when we are, you know, in the midst of, of these challenging times? Um, you know, 
he was talking about gratitude. I am grateful. Gratitude is probably my number one spiritual practice. Absolutely. It's a I, must. It's a must, right? It turns everything on. <laughs> turns everything on and everything yeah. around. I'm finding my, myself even walking around the house for the simple things, taking a breath. Thank you, God, for the breath. I mean, it's just been a something that, and I'm so glad we call it a practice, because doing it over and over again, nonstop, mm-hmm. invites me to understand this is something that doesn't end. Right. And it elevates, it elevates your thoughts. It elevates your mood It elevates your awareness and at every turn. So it's scalable to wherever you are, you know, you could be in your most enlightened state and still get higher with gratitude with that practice. <laughs> I you know, you could be down in the dumps. <laughs> you could be yeah. in your darkest Valley and, and it's not, you know, I've talked about this before. Uh, it's not satitude. It's not like, well, at least I have, my life and I'm grateful for that or at least you know I've got one person in the world who loves me or at least my cat loves me you know it's not satitude it's not like looking for the least um <clears throat> it's it's really being in the fullness of yes. that even if by by what you would prefer you would have a lot more yes you can still be in the fullness of all that you have yes I, I'm going to have to actually borrow that from you satitude yeah. It yeah. is not satitude, it's gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the law, the law, and we believe in spiritual laws here, new thought spiritual laws, or they're the universal spiritual laws of gratitude that says when you are grateful, the universe gives you more to be grateful for. Absolutely. It is igniting the energy. And um, Wayne Dyer again talks about we are broadcasts, um, we are broadcasting this energy, and what we broadcast, we get more of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am so down with the gratitude practice question for you though. And I'm learning all the different, um, I guess, flavors of new thought. Can we call it the flavors of new thought? Yeah. We, have, yeah. we have agape, we have unity, we have CSL. And I noticed that unity and CSL has a five-step prayer where agape put in the sixth step and gratitude. But I've been listening to the CSL ministers and the unity ministers. Some start with gratitude anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they begin their prayer with gratitude anyway. So it's yeah. the, the unspoken sixth step. Well, it's no, it's part of the five steps. Is it? It's, yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I'm trying to think of what, I mean, of course, some people want to start with gratitude, right. but it's um, Thanksgiving is, is the fifth step. So you always right. close with it. And some will use uh, the phrase appreciation, but that's what it is. It's Thanksgiving. It's gratitude. It's that practice. So we always close. And, you know, and the five-step prayer process is a guide, um, you know, for those who are relearning how to pray or, or learning for the first time how to pray, you know, that it's a, a it takes us through. And it's so interesting because the first three steps, um, you know, relaxation into concentration, into meditation. People are like, oh, it's the same thing. It's all the same thing. You know, so it's not, it's back to what you're saying before. It's not linear. We don't necessarily linear, but it is a process. You know, of course, first we want to relax because then we can begin to relax the monkey mind, relax the body, relax, you know, so that we can get our focus, which is the second step is concentration. And then we go into meditation and and then we receive, that's where we receive our something and, and we mm-hmm. call it real. Realization. That's where we realize something and that has happened in that time of meditation, which would include the silence. And then we want to be in a state of appreciation as we close out. So mm. that is, yeah. 
Um, agape six steps would be we start with gratitude, then we move into um, recognition, okay. then unification, and then realization. And okay. then we move into um, Thanksgiving, release all men. So I love that gratitude is in there twice. <laughs> yes, in there twice. And and Michael, when Michael, Reverend Michael created the, well, not create the six steps, he added in gratitude. He says, let's set it up. We're going to set it up. Let's say what we're grateful for first and then move through. One thing I came and we're talking about spiritual practices now. One of the main practices that we do is prayer. And one of the things I had this realization that I was I was I was on pulpit rotation and I flubbed up the steps because da, 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 da. and I walked up the stage and I just heard spirit saying, God does not know anything about no steps. Mm-hmm. This is about yeah, your own. Exactly. This is about you aligning yourself with the, the feeling of the divine and the spirit of the divine. But God ain't mad at you because you missed a step. So if okay. you're learning to pray and you want to learn the technology of affirmative prayer. Yeah. This is for us. It's not for God. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's, you know, and it's not to say that at every time it happens in that linear fashion, you know, it can be that relaxation, concentration, meditation, all of it happens in one moment. You know, it can be that. It's just, you know, it's just another tool. It's another framework to help help our minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get around something. It's for us. I love that. It's not for God. <laughs> When did prayer become um, real to you? When when did prayer become the embodiment of who you are? Because I love the way you pray, sis. You have oh, some deep prayers. So when did that become such evidence that was a part of your, your spiritual practice? You know, I don't remember a time without prayer. I My grandmother taught me to pray. I remember praying at age three, maybe even before age three. Um, you know, and of course at that time it was Hail Mary full of grapes. Yes, I remember you telling me that story. Yeah. Grapes. Well, because blessed is the fruit of thy womb. <laughs> it makes total sense to me, sis. It, thank you. So, and there are all those Renaissance pictures with grapes in them, you know. <laughs> it's like the last supper, there was grapes, you know. <laughs> it's clearly obviously. Hail Mary full of grapes. Um, but I remember, you know, I, I didn't, I was trying to understand. I remember trying to understand what was happening and what she was doing. But what I, I remember feeling, I remember mm. feeling the presence and I knew it when we were praying, I felt it. Mm. And, um, and then at about age five, when I started attending a Nazarene church with my other grandmother, you know, and prayer was different there. And I was, you know, guided to ask Jesus into my heart. I felt that that was real. And it, and it became for me something that I did on my own because it was real and not because anyone told me to. Mm. So I have always had that. And to me, it's, it's one thing I name as a, as a gift that I bring to the table is, and I, I call it faith that I had this connection to spirit that was knowing it was a knowing from a very young age and that um that has stayed with me it's mm. beautiful what about you um you know my mother i remember you know i, I just felt like i knew 
God out the womb. It's just like it was just pressed upon us. Um, we used to sit at the table. I remember my mother and my grandmother, aunts and uncles around the table, and we would all have to say a Bible verse after grace, after we blessed the food. And yeah. the one Bible verse that my mother taught me says, you're going to say one and just learn it. And it was Jesus wept. Uh, yeah, and that is the shortest Bible verse yes. in and she would always say, well, you know the one, just say the one, Jesus wept. Of course, as we got older, there would be other Bible verses that we would um, memorize. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, but prayer really did become alive to me in such a deep, meaningful way until I got to Agape. And so I started really studying new thought. And I picked up, um, it is Ernest Holmes' prayer book. Mm, yeah. And, and I was open to this idea of affirmative prayer. And it it was scary for me at first because I was taught you must beg and beseech God yeah. for blessings. And right. you're not gonna you're not good. And then when I'm reading Ernest Holmes prayer book and it says that we need not ask God for God for nothing because we have everything within us. It was exciting, but it was scary, sis. Absolutely. It it's like ha- as a- having the script pulled out of your hands, right? <laughs> like, and now, well, now what? I already what have it? everything. Then what? Then what now? I remember learning that. Did you ever learn the Acts um, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication yes. as a form of prayer, you know? And um, wow, yes. you know, this the affirmative prayer. I, I tell you, the, I know the first time I experienced affirmative prayer in a profound way. And I didn't have the words to call it affirmative prayer at that time. But when I later learned about affirmative prayer, I I, I knew immediately that was it. And it was when um, my second daughter, Jamie, was born. And about 24 hours after she was born, she started having seizures and she would stop breathing every time. And she had to be resuscitated several times in a row and was life flighted 45 minutes away to a children's hospital. And and as they were loading her, the, you know, what looked like children to me, but I'm sure they were very well experienced and trained um, medics that were taking her onto the helicopter. Um, they were loading her into the incubator and um, I called my First Southern Baptist pastor to come pray. And he, in the prayer, asked me to pray. And I thought, I, like my first reaction was, are you kidding me? I'm, I'm the mother here. <laughs> And, and what rose up in me was I'm the mother here, God hear my prayer. And I spoke from like this place in me that I didn't even know existed. And I just, all I could say was what was true, that my child was on her path, that this was Jamie's path and she, my child, but she does not belong to me, but she belongs to God Mm -hmm. and that she has everything she needs and God will provide everything she needs on this journey. And I let it go. And that was affirmative prayer Yes, because all I could say is what was true, right? We speak into what is true. And when we do that, we realize just what you just said. We have already been given everything we need. Right. You know, she, even as a newborn, had everything she needed, and she did. She absolutely thrived, and <sighs> thank you yeah. for asking that question. Yeah, yeah. No, but, but you know what, here's, here's the thing that downloaded within me. If if I stub my toe, I'm calling my mama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right to pray. The, the yes. prayer. Yes. It, it's like, and, you know, I don't know about you, 
but I knew when my mother was praying for me when I was going through some dark times in my life growing up. And I would come out of the darkness of what, you know, I'm calling darkness, but was just a challenge and was me going through my path. Um, And I would be on the other side of it. I was going, I knew my mother was praying for me. Mm -hmm. Then later on, I would have a conversation with her just telling her what I was going through. And she says, you know, during that time, I knew you were going through something. I would just pray for you. Yeah. Pray for you. And she prays, you know, we are Southern Baptists with the Pentecostal flavor. So we're going, you know, my mother is the blood of Jesus. And okay. listen, you know, and she believes as much as I believe in my affirmative prayer, she believes in it. And, 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 but it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. I believe that energy of prayer is what shifts our language and, our, and, and what's yes. in our minds. It's that prayer thing that shifts the mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about, which is why gratitude is such a foundational practice, because it it begins that shift in the mind. It opens the mind up to um, away from the problems and what's wrong to an empowering sense of what's right and and the, uh, the fullness of what we have already in us and before us. And that's how we tap into, well, I want more of this. So I, you know, this is what I already have and I want more of this. And now I'm in the flow of whatever that this is because I am in gratitude for it. And I understand it, that it has been brought forth and, and is manifested through the divine power in me. Yeah. You know, I was, um, you know, I, I was watching probably, I think it was probably maybe own, maybe it was an Oprah show, whatever, but CC Winans, you know, great gospel singer, mm-hmm. he contracted COVID and he said um, the only thing that kept him really focused besides spirit meditation was he ran every day, even when he had COVID. He was out working out. Wow. Um, and then I'm reading a book by uh, Catherine Schwarzenegger. Um, what's the last name? Pratt. And it's The Gift of Forgiveness. The Gift of Forgiveness. Great book. And in there, there's an entry, little small stories. And one of the entries is a man who was very angry and he found working out was his spirit spiritual practice. So I bring this to the table because um, I truly believe that too. It's, a, it's like, I believe fitness is a very important part of the spiritual practice, especially moving through this time. Um, and we've talked about this on the show, but it's become really real to me. And I have this practice in the morning. I get up, I work out first, and then I sit and meditate mm-hmm. because my body's already prepared. I've been doing that since January, have not missed a day. Getting up every morning, working out first, and then sitting and meditating, and then going to do my my day. That has been a saving grace for me. That's beautiful. And to be able to discover that, you know, it, to be able to, to discover what works for you and what supports your prayer yes. process, what supports you getting ready for the day. You know, there's so many, I mean, blogs out there, right, <laughs> of all kinds of how, you know, the you know, how the millionaires, you know, construct their mornings or, you know, whatever. And, right. uh, you know, how the spiritual masters, you know, what you should do, you know, journal in the morning. And, and, and then there are the people like, no, don't waste your time journaling in the morning. That's when you can be most productive. Get, you know, get started on your day and then you can take the rest of the day to journal because you'll be more productive. I mean, I'll, here's, here's my Say perspective. Is take the time to figure out what works for you. Yes. Because that's how you will find success. And guess what? You don't have to be like anybody else. You don't have, you know, to, to have the outcome that you want because you don't want anybody else's life. You might oh. think you do in a moment, but, right. but that's not what you want. 
that is a wasted energy and a wasted desire. Want your life. You are already the perfect expression of that one holy presence in the universe. So be more of that. Be more of that and let it loose. And if it works for you to wake up and work out and then meditate, if you need to wake up and meditate and then work out, if you need to wake up and eat, if you need to wake up and fast, whatever it is, take the time to discover that and let it be. See, you know, here's the story, y'all. As we go along, we just making stuff up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We're all just making it up, right? Nobody knows. And why not have a new thought in new thought, yo? (laughs) Including with yourself. Because I believe that we can get in the rote of anything Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, do this because I was told to do this by Reb Jack or Reb Skip. But no, you got to figure out this journey for yourself. Um, Shakespeare, to thy own self be true, to thy own self be true to your own practice. So whatever you are making it up, it's so good and delicious. And I'm excited to hear what your practices are. So hit us up on on social media saying, my practice, Rev Skip, is this. Um, Go to our Facebook group, um, Voices of Unity, and hit us up. Let us know what you're doing. Absolutely. And and because then what a gift you give to someone else who's looking for something, you know, and then they see that, oh, well, this person, they get up and they take a walk around the block and the, or whatever, whatever it is, maybe read or maybe write, um, whatever it is. And then it allows that, you know, creativity to flow through other people. And, and we all just get more of God. We get more of self. We get more life. Yes. Do you have do you have pets? Yes, we have a dog and a snake. Whoa! He is a pretty little snake. He's not that big. I, I, I'm debilitated by snakes. Debilitated. Oh. But, I, you know, it's like I just need to go through my own thing. The reason why I asked about pet pets, I noticed our little dog, Tucker, she is 13 years old right now, and she gets up a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. But... And she will go to the couch in the morning and just lay on the couch. And she was just, mm. and, and I realized she's teaching us the greatest practice of it all. Don't worry. Yeah. Just relax. Yeah. <laughs> she just, she just, she's like, and, and we will have something going on in our life. And she'll look at me and then she'll just like, give me a smile. And then she'll just lay her head down. Oh. Like, it's, it's about relaxing, Rev. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right? Just being, just being present, being with it, and, and not getting all activated in our worry mind. Like, that's an overactive imagination. It is. It really is. It really and it's is. nearly impossible to be in a state of worry and in a state of gratitude at the same time. I don't think it's, I, yeah, I don't think it's possible. Yeah. So we, if we can turn to gratitude and open that up, then it, then, then worry leaves, it dissipates. Yeah. So before we get out of here, which we have about a few minutes left, we want to mention our Eastern uh, Unity Eastern Conference. That's going to be online. If you go to Unity Eastern Conference, dot uh, org. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, check it out where you can sign up for um, many great workshops that's happening. Myself, Faith, and Reverend Jackie will be doing um, workshops. We'll be doing a healing and visioning reconciliation practice on Sunday when we launch, and that's going to be this Sunday coming up. And um, throughout the week, you know, myself and Rev, we're doing a very in cool amazing heartfelt workshop calling called healing the trauma the the historical 
trauma of separation. Did there I do the right? Yes, you got it. Healing the historical trauma of separation. Yes. Yeah. Are it's, you it's, I am really excited. And it's unityeasternregion.org. Yeah, unityeasternregion.org. And yeah, check it out. And so, you know, we're talking about um, that that sense of separation that we have experienced as people. You know, it's really a diversity and inclusion workshop. And we're taking it from the perspective and angle of how do we heal that historical trauma of separation, of segregation, of exclusion, of whatever the experience has been, is, is how do we get into that and, and heal that forward so that we can make real progress in our communities. Yeah. And I'm excited to do um, soul fitness for the first time at a spiritual convention. Uh, normally I do it at a fitness convention, um, but I'm, I'm getting a chance to really bring to um this 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 experience, um, soul fitness, where we're tapping into spiritual practices to create a a, a fitness um, experience for yourself. So, and Faith is the music director throughout, and also um, Harold Payne is part of the music team mm-hmm. there. It's gonna be a powerful event. It's gonna be so good. Yes. So, so on good. Zoom, all of it on Zoom, so you can tune oh, in. Right. The comfort all of Zoom. your home. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you're in service on Sunday. You're gonna be mm-hmm. at Overland Park. Unity Church of Overland Park. Find us on Facebook and on YouTube. And oh, we got the full band, which means we've got Ken Lovern, our organ player. We've the got full the full band. band. Is- yes, it will be there. And uh, Bukeka will be our soloist, the much beloved Kansas City singer. And um, and we're kicking off our Fall Faith series. We'll be studying Richard Rohr's The Naked Now. Yeah. Ooh, it sounds yes. like another book I got to get. Sounds it like another is. book. I it get. is. This yes. has been beautiful, Reb. Thanks for hanging yeah. with me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And we'll be back with our sister Faith next week and at the Unity Eastern Region Conference. And there are lots of ways to connect with us. And, and we love it. We love connecting with you. Thank you for tuning in. Until next week, everyone. God bless. God bless. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.